like to read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 18, focusing on 15 and 16. This is the living word of God. A psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and his place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and those who remember his commandments to do them. And Father in heaven, we bow before you, and we rejoice that you have given us commandments. And we thank you for your great mercy to us, that we can know them and apply them by the power of the Holy Spirit. So teach us now, we pray, give us hearts to learn, ears to hear, as we come and prepare our hearts for the table of the Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In our last meditation, we heard, and in the last verses we saw, verses 13 especially, that the Lord knows that we are dust, that we are frail. And he pities us. He has compassion on us. He's kind and merciful to us. And that frailty is described in a number of ways of Scripture. Here we see in verses 15 and 16, it says, we are like grass that dries up like from a desert wind. And I looked this up, I guess in that region, it's called a Sirocco, and it's very hot, very strong, and it dries the grass up and blows it away. Verse 15 says, as for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. Isaiah 40 says in a similar way, all flesh is grass. Our bodies are frail, temporary. All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. You know, flowers are beautiful for a time, short time. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. So our lives, brothers and sisters, are in this body, are like grass, or at best, like flowers which wither and fade because they're temporal. So our earthly lives are transitory, but the Lord and his word abide forever. And this whole chapter is highlighting his eternal mercy to us, which also abides, which we know from his revelation to us in his word and uh, through the living word, our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the many ways we see uh, this uh, toward his people, toward us. His great mercy toward us abides 
In 1 Peter 1, it says, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And in the book of James, there's a passage which shows, I think, that some people, some of us maybe at some time in all of our lives, we try to deal with this reality of our transitory body by focusing on something else, by focusing, in this case, in James chapter 1, on wealth, uh, that maybe for a time I can forget the transitory nature of my life and the weakness and frailty of my body. James 1 says, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as the flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. So this knowledge, I believe, this knowledge that we are uh, temporal on this earth is, I think, very important for us to remember, to not avoid. It's easy to avoid. Many people want to avoid this, but we are his people. We have eternal promises. We have a promise of eternal home. And we can't stop the inevitable death of our bodies. And it's all too easy, I think, to get enamored of this world, like Demas, who loved this present world, and so he's not able to go on with the disciples. And it's easy to not remember that we are eternal citizens of heaven. And most of our existence will not be here. It will be by God's grace with him in heaven. But we should be wise, of course. We should be faithful stewards of the time that we do have on this earth because we are his servants. He is our master. We are accountable to our master for how we use the time that he gives us, that he allows us to have. Psalm 90 is a beautiful psalm that focuses on God's eternal nature and our transitory nature, life on earth. Psalm 90 verse 10 says, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is, is soon cut off and we fly away. So in light of eternity, our lives on earth are indeed very short. They're very brief. In fact, in light of uh, the history of the earth, they are very brief. And in light of the history of our own country, they are very brief. Our lives are very brief. And our lives on earth and our mortal bodies are described in Scripture in another way. It uses the word shadow or vapor or breath. In Psalm 39, David said, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. So David was asking the Lord to help him understand his own frailty. Lord, make me to know my end, he said. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths. That's a short distance. And my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. But there are ways, praise God, for the people of God to lay up treasures in heaven that do not fade. And we should be continually doing that, being wise in that. James 1 tells us that with God, there is no variation or shadow of turning. Some versions call it a sh shifting shadow. You know how the shadows move, sun goes down, and then there's no shadow. So uh, there's no shifting shadow with our God. Our Lord and his word never change. Psalm 144, uh, again, says, Man is like a breath or a vapor. His days are like a passing shadow. And then back to James chapter 4, it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. You know, these are 
plans for the future, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So brothers and sisters, we should live by faith, not by presumption. Another psalm that highlights God's mercy in a similar way to Psalm 103 here is in Psalm 78. And it says, but he, that is the living God, but he, being full of compassion or mercy, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them, his own people. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. So Psalm 103, verse 16 says, for the wind passes over it and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. It's like it was never there. The wind dries it up and blows it away. And it, this made me think or ask myself a question, how many years do you think after most people are gone, how many years will they be remembered? How long will they be remembered? You know, some famous, famous people, I suppose, will be remembered. We have in scripture people that will be remembered for 6,000 years, 6, years ago. So some people will be remembered. Some famous people in this country, I suppose, will be remembered for a while, but often not for who they really were or what they really did. You know, you can't count anymore on people in the future to appreciate your historic deeds, right? If they make a statue of you, they could pull it down. It's been being done all the time now. If they don't like the truth, the way you lived out your life, uh, they don't want to remember that. Well, they can just change the historical record or tear down your statue. I don't know if my, you know, I don't, nobody will probably ever make a statue of me unless my family does. I don't know if they'd pull it down in generations to come. I would hope not, but uh, I'm not counting on that. But the mercy of the Lord is in stark contrast to all of this with our life, our temporary life on earth. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and those who remember his commandments to do them. So he's speaking, he's eternal, eternally past, eternally future. God has been merciful. God is always merciful. And I'd like to highlight verses 17 and 18 uh, later at a later meditation. But for now, realizing that our years are limited, how should we live? Two brief thoughts. First, we must cling to that which does not change. Or we must cling to he who does not change. And we should invest our lives in what lasts, what is eternal, in the Lord God and in his precious word. And then what he calls us to do in the lives of his people. Ephesians 5 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Brothers and sisters, you are indeed wise if you spend time, if you redeem, redeem your time in understanding the will of the Lord. If you spend much time in his word in order to do that, which is eternal, seeking him who is eternal, who is your inheritance. And we should pray like David. David said in Psalm 90, verse 12, and if you put it in the first person, Lord, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. May it be so here. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And may the Lord give us wisdom to invest wisely the time he allows us here as his stewards. Secondly, we must be secure, I believe, in his eternal mercy. Everything and everyone around us is constantly changing. I suppose it's the one certain thing. And I guess that can be exciting. It can also be fearful. Benjamin Franklin said in his humorous way, of course, uh, in 1878, our new constitution is now established and has an appearance that promises permanency. 
But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. So he was saying that even this permanent-looking constitution that they labored over uh, may change. Our constitution isn't that old. It's 230 years old, and it's certainly going through change. Well, not so much changes, I guess, but uh, uh, reinterpretations of its original intent. But in this world, the Lord and his word and his work of mercy in our lives through his covenant of grace are certain, and they will last for eternity. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, and his own people should know this. And we should rejoice in his mercy that we see in history and we see in our lives now. And as those redeemed by the Lamb, we must look to him and to his word as our security, not the things in the world that pass away. So life eternal, or you could call it eternal security, is in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so as we drink this wine this morning, reminding us of his blood shed for us, and as we break the cracker, reminding us of his broken body, sacrificed for us, his death for us, we should never doubt his mercy. We should never doubt his grace and his great love for us. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Let's pray. Dear Lord of mercy, we know with certainty from your eternal word, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And Lord, as your servant Paul said confidently, we also say, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able, able to separate us from the love of God or from the mercy of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh Lord, thank you that you pity those who fear you. We who are weak, we are frail, we are transitory, and we thank you for the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, for our eternal home, and for your wonderful and abundant mercies poured out on us, especially which we know through the work of our Lord Jesus on the cross. Lord, forgive us for taking your great mercy for granted, for not often giving thanks for your continual mercy to us. Lord, enable us now to partake of these reminders of your mercy with our family here, with joy and in faith for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we ask this all in his name. Amen.